You're listening to the SHL Smart Teams Podcast, a show where we invite experts on people science to talk about how to build a future where businesses thrive because their people thrive. Hi, welcome to this SHL Smart Teams Podcast. I'm Andy Geek and work as a consultant at SHL. Today, we're going to be talking about teams. Um, and I'm delighted to have a guest joining us, Gunnar Hogan from CCP Games. Gunnar, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Andy, for inviting me to this exciting topic, uh, something I really love to discuss. But uh, a bit about myself, I'm the Talent Management Director for the uh, gaming company CCP Games. Uh, we have offices in three locations, Shanghai, London, and Reykjavik, and employ a little less than 400 people overall. Uh, so my background's in psychology, and I've been in business consulting for uh, almost two decades prior to joining CCP Games. Excellent. And um, it, it sounds like your organization is obviously very international with a, with a kind of a range of people from... Um, Different different backgrounds there, and I, and I guess the I guess the the fundamental question, Gunnar, is why are why are teams important to CCP Games? Well, creating a game like any other cognitive creative product is not really any but any one person's responsibility. There's just not enough knowledge crammed into your head to create a modern game. You can do that for a small game, for a small product, for a small launch, but Whenever it comes to complicated issues like rendering, audio, scheduling, fleet fights, or creating a sound for a new laser blaster, it's just too much for one individual. You need a team to create that. And you, you, you say that, and I, and I guess when you're hiring people, when you're thinking of people bringing, in, bringing them into the organization, how much are you thinking about will this person fit in a team as much as can this person do the job? To be honest, I think the first thing we look for, can you do the job? Mm-hmm. I mean, hiring somebody that cannot do one of these complicated things is that would make any sense. Then secondly, we ask, does your profi- uh, personality fit the profile we're looking for? Uh, so I- we definitely make uh, a serious effort checking for that fit. Um, third, if you, if you have the skills and you have the personality, we look for a team or culture fit. Are you likely to be gelling with the team that we have on site? Are you likely to be gelling with the culture? But that would be in uh, the order of cascading, uh, importance. Importance. No, that's fair enough. And, and it's interesting, Gunnar, because I know that obviously we've had conversations on this before, but I think when we think about the, the study of teams, what makes them successful, why they sometimes fail, what's the impact they can have, positive or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, it's been going on for years. People have always kind of focused on that. And whether we are thinking in, back in the past of the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, of the early 60s, where we encountered the concept of groupthink, uh, you know, that tendency to stifle mm-hmm. doubts, minimize dissent and race to consensus without evaluating the consequences, which is perhaps something that we've seen more, more relevant within the UK of late, or, or the notion of, I guess, what we call social loafing, where you know a group member perhaps puts in less effort when individual performance is less visible and, and maybe a challenge when it comes to, to, to virtual teams. Mm-hmm. And I think with the spotlight on DE&I, 
you know, belonging, collaboration, hybrid working, as well as the importance of delivery. I guess being able to understand how a group of individuals is going to work together um, is going to be continue to be to be important. And mm-hmm. and and Gunnar, just on that, then in your experience, what defines a successful team? There's a few things. Um, you you definitely need to have the right skills that's on board, but you also need a team that. Uh, shores each other up. So if you have a person that, if you have a team that's really, really strong on one thing uh, and over-focused on that particular strength of the team, and you have no course correcting from other individuals, be that other team members or the team leader, uh, you'll probably end up in dire straits. Uh, you'll You'll have a team of experts that just loves exploring possibilities and can explore and explore and explore. And when you have a a lot of creative individuals together in a room, you can just get lost in exploring, you know, it would be so great to do these things. And, uh, and there's no delivery, there's no continuation. And uh, so that's one, uh, one of the aspects, you definitely need to have like a healthy balance of of personalities or, or traits, if you want, in that aspect. Then again, also, Without a fairly com- competent leader, uh, you're less likely to succeed than if you have one. So we cannot take out the importance of that person that leads the team. So team composition, team leader, they're key things to be, to be successful. To be successful, yeah. And it's interesting what you're saying about that, that healthy balance of traits, because I think what you've alluded to there is that you could have a group of individuals who have a very similar mindset. Uh, and, and as you say there, in, in terms of that creativity, that innovation, oh yeah, we're all gonna come up with ideas, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, well, that's great. And people may feel good about that, but what's the outcome from this? You know, mm-hmm. what, 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 are we, what, what are we gonna deliver there? And you also touched on, I, I guess, the importance of the, the team leadership. Uh, and I guess part of that is about how that leader brings people on board, how they engage with others in the team, how they kind of how they deal with kind of challenge, how they make sure that people feel you know included and and mm-hmm. feel that you know they, they they can contribute to that. Thinking of those things, then why does that matter to your organisation? Well, if we had non-functioning teams or low-functioning teams, we'd we'd plainly not produce. We don't have any engines or machines that make stuff. Yeah. It's everything's created by teams. Everything, if you enter our largest product, EVE Online, if you look at it, everything there is made by a team and then in, in going forward, it's made by players in that game. So there's never like, you don't buy any resources and create a thing. Everything is created in your mind or by teams. So non-functioning teams would mean no products, no customers, no happy players. And I guess that kind of links into the question I was going to ask is, what is the impact uh, on, I guess, on you as an organization, or perhaps even actually in terms of your customers, when when a team is not working as it should? Well, that is a good question. Well, first of all, as I guess in most organizations today, where you have a lot of, of cognitive skills joined and you don't really have a clearly stated output at all stages, which happens frequently in the creative industries. 
uh, you may have, you may be waiting for a long time for a result that's just not going to appear. And you may not be able to surface that as soon as you would like to. So that would be uh, a grave danger. You're spending resources on, on no results or no output, which in my mind would not be good for any business. Yeah, and, and I think what, what you've highlighted there, Gunnar, is in terms of a world where people have expectations, you know, now, now, uh, the opportunities are out there, but unless you grab them quickly, you, you, you're going to lose out. And, and actually, I guess it's about that effortless customer experience that, you know, that we know that, you know, working with CCP Games, we're going to get what, we've, what, what, that, what that expectation is. And, and I guess what you're saying there, Gunnar, kind of makes me think in terms of are there ways of kind of thinking about how people will operate in teams? And, and I guess having an understanding of an individual's preferred style of operating can, can really help us understand what contribution they might make to that team, but also a bit like what you said before in terms of having that balance within the team. Um, and, and I know, Gunnar, that you've used SHL's OPQ-derived um, team impact model, which uh, looks at the team across, I guess, four broad elements in terms of that creating part, that managing, that resourcing, and that delivering. I just wonder, how, how has that model been useful for you? Well, it's been useful in so many different ways because I think it really covers what a team at CCP Games need to do when they start uh, their journey with a task. Yeah. You have to create something. You have to come up with ideas, solutions. You have to think outside the box. You have to think inside the box, whether you like that or not, but that's also needed. You definitely need to think about when are you going to be delivering these products that you're going to be creating. You have to think about, do I have the resources needed? Can I manage my time? Can I manage somebody else's time? Do I understand how things are tied together? And then it's so important also to be aware of the need to communicate with other teams. You cannot operate uh, as an island or you know a separate entity. You need to communicate what's going on within your team with other teams so they can uh, uh, adapt to what you're doing. So there's so many things that this model kind of brings forth. And, uh, and as you know, uh, also gives us quite robust findings on how are individuals in the team likely to be operating or the most preferred style. So definitely it's been something that we've been looking for and it's given us very uh, keen insight into when we feel something could be done better than it's being currently done. Which kind of brings me a bit to an interesting question, which is when you, when you think about that model and when, we, when you think about individuals who come into the business, to, to what extent do you see people operating, I guess, as the outputs suggest they might? Do, do you see kind of see a connection between the two? That's a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I guess the question is, to, to what extent do you feel that the insights it provides gives you that clarity? I, I, it's, this, this is, yeah, this is one of the, the most interesting and challenging things because we also know that... Uh, your culture and the team culture you'll be entering will probably have more impact on your day-to-day behaviors than your preferred way of operating. You know, okay. it's uh, it's said that it's better to be wrong 
together with others than being right by yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can see a lot of this social norming or adapting to team operating styles when you have a new employee or new member joining the team. And I think that is also some of the understanding when we have this understanding of how teams operate and how individuals within teams are likely to behave. We can see, for example, from the uh, personality profiles that if we have, let's say we have one individual that has a trait that we need in the team, but we also know that if that is the only person having that uh, trait, they'll probably adapt to the the norm. They start behaving as the other. So you need to find ways of supporting those behaviors because we also know that you only need one other person to support you in your journey and you feel better about it and you're willing to take it on. That's that's really interesting, Gunnar, because um, I guess that takes us to the 12 Angry Men conversation that we had before (laughs) in terms of what Peter Fonda did. But I, and I'm interested then in that. So if you have someone who, I guess their personality is a bit divergent from where everyone else is, but you want to avoid, as you put it, that kind of norming, what are things that, that you might do or what the organization might do to lessen the impact of that? Normally, what you would like to do is for the uh, person responsible for that person, be that the team leader or somebody responsible for that team's team leader, to be aware of the fact and then demonstrate the behaviors needed to support that this is actually something we want to support. This is what we want to make happen by day-to-day, just by demonstrating that through their own day-to-day behaviors and uh, and and support throughout the week or the month, so to speak. It's not something you can easily put into a process. It needs to be part of your daily interaction with somebody. Yeah. And and it comes back to that point you were saying before about the importance of of, of team leadership. Um I mean gonna because you obviously use this this uh, model really on kind of continuous basis. If someone was to come to you and say, Gunnar, look we're interested in this, but we don't know where to start. I mean, what, what would what would be your recommendations or kind of thinking to anyone that's considering something like the team impact model or something like that in, in how they can get the best out of it? Well, it's, it's very nice when somebody asks you for that data because mm. then on, already you have one half the battle where somebody's going to be interested in whatever findings you have. Uh, and... We all know as human beings that we're more likely to listen to people that are helping us than actually forcing something down our throats. Mm-hmm. Um, having said this, you start by, if you don't already have the data you need, you start by collecting the data from the individuals, you know, using the uh, OPQ and then the team impact, and then looking at the profiles and looking at where's, where there are going to be disparities, where there's going to be uh, a mismatch between what the, this team is actually created for and their ability to actually deliver those expectations. And you'll have a discussion with the team, uh, the manager first, and then the team as a whole, how this can impact their day-to-day operations and uh, interactions. Uh, that would be a very high-level answer to that question. Yeah, and, and I've got a bit of a high-level question for you, Gunnar, because obviously up front you, you talked about the, the global nature of your 
of your business. Just as a matter of interest, have you noticed any differences, I guess, in terms of global teams, uh, how people operate regionally? Or or do you find that actually it's irrelevant where they are? Um, I'm just interested to, to get your thoughts on that. Well, I'm almost... I almost want to revert this back to you because over the years I have worked with HHLs on, on norms from different countries and all in all, there's not a huge difference in personality and personality types. If it, it really has less of an impact if you're from the UK or Iceland, then, you know, are you just a decent person? That seems to work, have more of an impact than where you're actually from. Uh, and I've... I do feel that people that work in an international organization, they understand that there's going to be misunderstanding. There's going to be miscommunications and everybody's kind of set on fixing that and adjusting and behaving. So I'm not really keen. There's the older I get and more people I meet, the less of an importance I think your origin is. It's like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. No, that's, and I think that's a fair enough answer. And, and I guess just finally, Gunnar, um, I kind of mentioned earlier in terms of, you know, we're in an environment where people are looking for more engagement, more, more belonging, more sense of inclusivity. Um, and you could argue that teams or effective teams can be very, potentially very powerful towards that. I just wonder what your view was in terms of how teams bring people together. Well, let's say you leave the job and you're paid decently and everything's working fine in in terms of compensation, you're either leaving your boss or your team. Mm -hmm. And I think teams that are inclusive and and collaborate well, they're just a joy to work with. It's joy to turn up for work and and being with your friends and doing stuff you love. And I think that is every day and all day, it makes a huge impact on everything you, you do. You're spending most of your time waking time at work or with your team and that should be an enjoyable experience absolutely well look gonna thank you very much indeed i think it was really interesting in terms of your insights there um what you were saying about the about the model how it can help you kind of understand what people might bring to the table as it were perhaps moves away from a tendency for maybe to have the same type of people all together which may be fun for them but actually doesn't necessarily deliver for you as a, as a, as an organisation, but also that kind of diversity perspective. But also, as you said there, highlighting the importance of, of the kind of team leadership as well. Um, so I want to say thank you very much indeed for your participation, Gunnar. Um, I don't know if you've any, any any final thoughts that you want to add. Final thoughts is I really think that we need as professionals to look more into how teams are composed or what personality traits mm-hmm. you have within the teams because this is one of the key elements of most modern organizations and we should be studying those structures as thoroughly as we are studying individuals that actually are joining the organization and I think that's a lot of uh, positive impact you can have through doing that. Yeah, um, well said, and uh, I totally align with you on that one, Gunnar. So, Gunnar, thank you very much indeed for joining the Smart Teams podcast today. Uh, really appreciate your time. 
uh, and we look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you, Antti. Thank you for the invite. Thanks for listening to the SHL Smart Teams podcast. To learn more about how SHL helps companies leverage their greatest asset, their people, please visit shl.com.